Welcome back to Financial Flyby. First, for some disclaimers. The opinions voiced in this podcast are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific investment advice or recommendations. Individuals should always consult their own financial advisor or tax advisor regarding their specific financial situation before acting on any information provided. Securities and investment advisory services offered through Genios Wealth Management, Inc., member FINRA, SIPC. And now on to Financial Flyby. All right, welcome back to Financial Flyby. It's been a little while. It's been two weeks, so we're one week behind, but there was a reason for that. We were switching offices, and that took a little bit of our time. There's also and the been holiday. And Thanksgiving. That actually was a big chunk of it as well. So we did move offices, and if you check the website, you'll find our new office location. We basically moved five minutes from where we were, from Orland Park into Homer Glen. But phone number, email, all that good stuff stays the same. So... What else would you like to go over today as far as market updates? I think you had a few notes that you'd written down. I got a few thoughts as well. Yeah, I I think that since we last talked, the market kind of pulled back from after the uh, midterm election. So we saw a spike there. It kind of pulled back. Um, a couple positive things, even in light of that, is that the offense somewhat stayed on the field during most of that uh, pullback correction. And the other thing, very briefly, is that the S&P 500 never ended up breaking the lows that we saw at the end of October. So even though we had that pullback, at this point, the market is still higher. And if you look at, um, you know, if you drew a trend line from February of this year, there's been some pullbacks since February, but every single one of those pullbacks has uh, been slightly higher than the previous pullback and I always tell people this story you know my my daughter when she was younger she used to watch Dora the Explorer great show it it, it is it expanded my Spanish tremendously probably 100% I'd say no need for college courses we got Dora (laughs) right but they used to play this little game because it's educational and it would say red blue green red blue green red blue and then it would pause and the kid would get the opportunity to say green, right, to fill in the sequence. So if you have a low and a higher low and a higher low and a higher low, that's the definition of an uptrend. So until we break that low and that cycle changes, it the market is still in an uptrend regardless of what anyone says. We should probably ex- explain everything compared to Dora the Explorer. I think it's a terrific show. You know, some other things that we could go over, though, too, is the FANG stocks. You know, that's been, those have been stocks that haven't held their lows, right? I mean, we yeah, saw I think those technology, stocks, that's the thing. Though, Facebook, the, the Apple, Apple we Google. Talk, yeah, when we talk, we talk about the market, right? Right. And the market is many different things. It's not just technology. There's other names. There's financials. There's utilities. There's consumer staples. There's consumer cyclicals. The market, a lot of the cartage in this corrective phase has been contained to those names, those FANG stocks, which are technology. But if you look at lower volatility names, so the uh, household goods, the, pe- the, the products that we use to wash our hair and our face and toothpaste and waste management type companies, those have actually done fine, right? Great. They've done great. So if, you look, at a low ba- if you look at a, a ETF of low volatility names, you'll find that that's up about you know, depending upon what day you look at, between 4 and 
But the other, I mean, I, I think I read something interesting the other day, which said that this is the first year since in the 70s that there's been no asset class that's had greater than 5% returns this year. So whether you had your money invested in, you know, uh, the market, which, you know, S&P 500, the Dow, uh, bonds, commodities, no one's really made 5% this year. It, obviously, if you picked a great stock or something yeah. like that, you, you possibly could have. Yeah, we've seen a lot of those great stocks, those great things that people really want to talk about at the beginning of the year falter a little bit this this at this cycle, like the Bitcoins or like some of the marijuana industry stocks. You know, they've all kind of had their, they had their moment in the sun, and now you're kind of seeing it turn around. So you mentioned that low volatility fund. Um, I don't think a lot of people know much about that. Do you want to go over that a little bit more? Like, you know, as far as low vol holdings go, I don't think many people know where to find those types of things. Should they just call us or do you want them to, do you want to give them more of a clue? Yeah, I mean, I think it's hard to get into a lot of details on the podcast, but I would just say that, you know, the things, the, these things are not the investments that you're going to go to your holiday cocktail party and tell someone that, you know, gosh, my uh, Procter & Gamble stock is up 10%. You know, no one cares about that, right? That's yeah. not the idea that is going to get you notoriety amongst your peers. But the truth is, is that no matter what the economy is maybe doing, it, it, there's still great things to hold for the long term. And, you know, the, the thing that we've started to finally see concern from clients is they're reading and seeing that maybe the economy is going to turn into a recession. Mm -hmm. And the, the truth is, is that the things that I read from some of the economists that I follow, they're not necessarily seeing that. Again, we might see somewhat of a slowdown in economic activity, but not to the point where it's recessionary. In 2008, people lost their jobs. They lost their homes. Things really took a nosedive, so to speak. So just because, you know, maybe things might slow down, that doesn't necessarily mean recession. And I said to you before, when, before we started, Brian, I said, I read this, this quote from uh, his, his name, I guess, is Jeff Blazer. He's been in the investment business for a long time. And he said, many investors lose out on long-term performance in their portfolios because they fear the t minus 20% years in the market. And this guy's been in the business since 1950, and he says since 1950 he's only seen three years of the market losing 20% or more, 1974, 2002, and 2008. So why out of those, you know, whatever that is, 70 years, are we so, have our eyes so focused on three bad, right? Three bad out of 70, if that was the odds that we were playing, pretty good odds, right? Yeah. Yeah. Closer, yes. It's been a long time. And I think you went back and forth too, which I, I heard another good analogy where you're kind of going back and forth talking about the economy and then going back and forth to the stock market. And I heard an analogy where someone explained the economy is like a woman walking her, do walking her dog, right? So a woman's walking her dog, you pick the park, she's walking from point A to point B in a nice slow and steady pace. The dog's off the leash. 
that's the stock market. It's running f ahead of her sometimes. It's running behind her. It's checking out that bush. It's going all over the place. The stock market can move around quite a bit, but the economy is kind of slowly kind of creeping along, and it's doing pretty well. Um, it continues to do well, and the stock market keeps bouncing around. So as long as that economy is doing well, we're not in that period like you mentioned, like 2008, where people are losing their jobs, or 2002, where we had the tech crunch. We're in a period where there's a lot of solid signals with the economy. That doesn't mean the stock market can't zigzag around a little bit, but in line, it's going to stay, keep moving with the economy in the long run. Well, correct. And we don't, we're not making a prediction whether there's going to be a recession soon or not, or whether there's going to be a bigger market pullback. We're just saying that the things that we are reading are saying that at this point, economic health is still okay. Mm -hmm. And outside of what we see in terms of the volatility in the stock market, that should continue based on historical precedent to do okay for the stock market. Now again, not, you know, 2017 was a great year, right? I mean, the S&P was up 18, 19%. Right. So the fact that this year the S&P is up, you know, somewhere between zero and two, depending upon when you look at it, it's not, not uncommon to see a great year followed by kind of more of a, a un, unnotor, unnotoriety year, right? Something yeah. like that. So, I mean, that's that's the conversation that I have with people. I mean, people are saying, well, why isn't my portfolio up 15% this year? Well, you were up 20% last year. If you're going to go, if you, if you had the idea that your portfolio was going to go up 20% every year, you probably need to readjust your expectations. I think it's hard too for people to see the ups and downs throughout the year where they could have looked at their accounts in August or September and kind of seen it up quite a bit, maybe up five, six, seven percent. And then it corrects back down to unchanged or maybe down slightly or up slightly. But those those ups and downs are hard for people to weather sometimes. When when you look at those accounts on or too frequent basis, sometimes it's hard for people to kind of adjust. You can say, yes, the S&P is only up 1% to 2% for the year, but when people look at their accounts, they're kind of looking at it, and they want to see it ratchet, ratchet up, ratchet up, ratchet up. And when they don't see that, it's just it can be hard emotionally for them, right? I agree with that. But again, I always take it back to take yourself out of what the account maybe is up or down in the last short period of time and focus on what you own. You know, before the 2016 election, there was a lot of uncertainty, right? We, were, we knew with 100% certainty we were getting a new president. Barack Obama had been president for eight years. As much as people might have not liked this, he could not serve another term. Mm -hmm. So we knew with 100% certainty we were getting a new president, and that brought uncertainty. So people were calling, if so-and-so if wins, I think the market's going to crash. If so-and-so wins, I think the market's going to crash. And the conversations went back to, well, let's talk about what you own. You own stocks and positions in garbage company. If this candidate or that candidate wins, 
would you not roll your garbage cans down to the corner the next day? Yeah. You know, would you not turn the lights on? So you have to look at it from a bigger picture sometimes and say, do I feel comfortable owning these kinds of positions regardless of whatever the short-term bias of the day is? You know, in our business, for what we do, whether there's a tariff or not, it doesn't necessarily impact our direct business, does it? No, not directly. You right. know, it, it impacts a company maybe like a Boeing or something like that that's buying steel from, you know, overseas or whatever. But our business, and there's a lot of businesses like ours in the United States, that that doesn't really have a direct impact on what we're doing. And so that's what I think it is. You know, you take a stock... Clients have been calling up and they've been saying, you know, gosh, I see that GE's down to $6 a share. Yeah. And you say, sometimes you just look at me and say, so? And they're like, what do you mean, so? I'm like, you have no exposure to GE in your portfolio. So what difference does it make? Right. You know, I heard that there was a stock that was up 100% or down 100% in the last two weeks. I don't care. I mean, if you don't have any exposure to it, what difference does it make? So I guess let's let's boil these all these talking points down to a few key things. I think you're saying, correct me if I'm wrong. The economy is still doing strong. The people you've talked to, uh, the economy keeps moving in the right direction. Therefore, the stock market probably most likely should move in the right direction. That was point one. Point two is like these down twenty percent returns don't happen on a too regular of a basis. So why is everyone so afraid of them right now? Down 10%. Now, that can happen on average, what, once a year, I think that happens. Yeah, I mean, it's a much, more, just, it's a much more frequent event. Yeah. So, but, these, but these big corrections of down 20%. Or more. You know, right. they're, they're much more of an outlier. So if you're, you know, it's the old saying that the broken watch is right twice a day. But, you know, you're wrong a lot of other times. So these people that are on there saying down 20%, down 20%. A lot of them have been saying that for the last five years. Yeah. People need perspective checks, right? And I think that's what you're trying to give them is perspective checks. This is not something that we should be afraid of right now. This is not something we should be afraid of right now. You know, here are the things we might want to be concerned about going forward, but those even are not on the radar. That's not even what we're discussing. Right. And the last thing to that is kind of know what you own. Right. So, again, regardless of who's president or what this or that is or what that stock is doing, if you don't own that stock, it doesn't make a difference in your portfolio. Mm -hmm. And also, you know, if you're owning a, a, a basket of lower volatility names and high volatility names, correct. Does that really impact you? You know, if you if you hear on the news that. Uh, some country in Africa is declaring bankruptcy, does that make a difference in your portfolio? I'm gonna say something that's a little cliche and then we probably should sign it off, but you know, we just went through Black Friday and Cyber Monday and we saw all the deals that were out there and people jump all over them. I know my wife and I bought a bunch of stuff on a few of those days for our kids and family members and that kind of, that kind of thing. And when there are deals out there, you need to be aggressive. You can't sit back and wait for a better deal. Sometimes you've got to say, that's the best deal. I need to get in on that. So it, the same thing goes with the stock market and the same thing goes with holdings. 
just like Patrick was saying, when you have a good company that's solid and it goes on sale like it has in the last few weeks, sometimes you need to jump on it and put more into it rather than take away from it. Um, is there anything else you want to add? Do you want to, you want to sign off? You want to do the sign off? You do the sign off. I, I don't have anything else to add beyond that other than, again, I think that, um, like we said, it's sometimes about perspective. Usually, you know, our minds gravitate to the worst possible scenario, but that's usually not the expected outcome. And again, know what you own. So whether you're a client of ours or whether you're a client of someone else, if you have concerns at this point, it makes sense to go through that portfolio, get a handle on what you own. And if there's things in there that don't make sense for you right now, you know, you need to reposition. But at the end of the day, you know, I think more more likely than not, people are going to come back and say, I feel probably okay holding some of these things, right? If your portfolio is all a bunch of medical marijuana stocks and you didn't realize that, you're probably in for some eye-opening experiences. But again, I don't know. Can You t- you told me something. It was probably a month ago. It was about like states and how people invest in the market. Do you remember what you told me about that? Yeah. Can you go over that real quick? I thought that was interesting. I thought well, that I just I read or I heard somewhere that basically uh, residents of non-fiscally solid states and where the news in general was relatively downcast, their investment portfolio typically was downcast. If you were around a lot of people on a regular basis that generally were negative, I think you're it's hard to be positive around just in general when you're around a lot of negative people. Mm-hmm. You know, that's why typically, you, you know, you like to surround yourself with more positive people and stay away from Debbie Downers because they kind of take you into a, a mindset that is usually negative. And they've done studies and they found people in states like Illinois that, you know, we have a lot of fiscal problems you hear on the news a lot about shootings in chicago that our portfolios usually don't do as well because we generally have a negative view of the world mm-hmm. you know where maybe someone from another state that you know instead of having people leave on a regular basis had people coming into and there wasn't shootings and things like this their portfolios maybe fared a little bit better because they had a better outlook on the world Right. I thought that was I thought that was really interesting when you told me that before. So, all right, that's a good wrap for this week of Financial Flyby and we look forward to uh doing next week. Thanks for your time.